Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, we have switched, um, I don't even know what to call it in my my state of mind right now. We are no longer Zooming. We So, yeah, we're vi- uh, video chatting. There you go. We'll go with that. <laughs> Back on Skype because Zoom has decided that now we only get to record for 40 minutes. <laughs> Which I just don't think we can do. We can't do. You know, like, <laughs> we already like record different segments and kind of put them together. Um, mm-hmm. But 40 minutes is not enough to get any of that done. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're back on Skype. We're going to see yeah. how this goes. Um, I'm hopeful we both have better internet situations now. So yeah. hoping that it doesn't have like horrible sound quality and everything like it did before. But Mm-hmm. We'll find out. So it <laughs> sucks. Sorry. <laughs> we'll try and figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah. But we're going to have to figure out if you guys have any ideas of like, you know, anything other than like Zoom or Skype, Google Hangouts. We'll, we'll we can try. We'll see that. Um, we haven't There's tried that like one yet. Microsoft Teams. I'm not yeah. sure about their recording. We want you know, something like, that we don't have to pay for. <laughs> I don't think. Do you have to pay for Microsoft? I, I don't know. That's I don't think like, you I do. Haven't into it, but um, yeah. since we've yeah. used Skype before and we kind of know how it works, we're going to just see if this works. And then if it is horrible, then we'll figure something else out. But yeah. <laughs> I do like the background options. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about season nine, episode nine, called Holy Terror. And, Which is uh, Maisie's middle name. <laughs> weird. That's Killian's middle name, too. Hey. <laughs> okay. We start out in Caribou, Wyoming. Uh, a white bus is driving down a road. The bus has multiple Christian logos on it and writings such as Melody Ministry Glee Club and <laughs> Let Us Sing to the Lord and Hunk If You Heart Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah that's kind of cute yeah so uh inside the bus a uh, woman's choir is singing um this little light of mine right was that song i don't know I if that's so, the yeah. name of that actual song but no that's the that's the name okay all right <laughs> i'm not gonna sing it this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine <laughs> oh this little light of mine <laughs> I like i'm it. gonna let it shine <laughs> that song way too many times <laughs> that's so funny okay anyway. so uh, that, that didn't happen <laughs> uh, it happened <laughs> i liked it it counted okay um the bus pulls up to a roadhouse with a bunch of motorcycles parked in front uh inside there's a bunch of rough looking biker dudes um the church ladies um I did not write coherent words here. Uh, the church choir um, kind of goes inside and looks into. 
they look in disbelief at the patrons of the bar who are, in fact, a bunch of rough looking biker dudes. Uh, the bikers line up against um, the bar front and then the glee club are like a bunch of girls in matching white dresses and orange cardigans. And they kind of line up against the door wall. Didn't it on the thing say somewhere it was like sisters or something? Like, are they like supposed to or no, I don't know. Like, are I they they're like they're choir. I the influence. Well, I shouldn't say that. I I I <laughs> like I was under the assumption. There we go. That they were like nuns or something. Oh, uh, they don't look. I I didn't see anything. That I could mentioned totally nuns. be wrong. That's just like what my brain came up with. But <laughs> yeah, I mean the bus just says Melody Ministry Glee Club, so that's what I was going with. I, okay, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I feel I'm like if they were like, nuns, their skirts would have been longer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like that just kind of like I my guess is that my brain was just like, oh, it's a group of ladies in matching outfits that are from a church. They're nuns. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And have like kind of the head thing. Like not quite the nun head thing. I'm sure that has an actual name and I'm sorry. I don't know. Is it like Wimble? Well, I think they're mm, I don't know if it's their whole like whole get up is called the habit or if that's like a certain part of it. I think it's the whole thing. Oh, I know this. Uh, I've watched Call the Midwife one too many times, and I (laughs) know what this thing on their heads is called. Um, (laughs) I'm going with Wimble. What is is a Wimble? Wimple. Wimple. Okay. Yes. I think that's right. I still think it's Wimble. Now I'm confused. Okay. I think it's... mm, I don't know. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. No big. No they're not nuns. I don't think they're nuns. So yeah, no, okay. I don't, yeah. Mm-mm. Probably not. <laughs> All right. So one of the bikers says you shouldn't be here, and a blonde glee clubber says we have just as much right to be here as you do, brother. And then we hear a bunch of angel blades kind of stick into hands, <laughs> and then we're out. That, that was a what? <laughs> Nick. <laughs> the knights who say me. <laughs> yep. That's what that just, that's what just happened in my head. <laughs> I don't know about yours, but that's just a nope. <laughs> Okay, so uh, then we, as viewers, are outside the bar. Um, and the door opens, and we see a brilliant white light flashing from within. And they're screaming and yelling, and the windows are shattered. Um, the Glee Club walks out of the roadhouse and back to their bus, and their outfits are now splattered with biker blood. <laughs> they a little berserk. So uh, inside the roadhouse, we see that the bikers' bodies are everywhere. Um, back outside the bus, uh, the blonde Glee Clubber says, all right, girls, everybody. And then we hear the women's voices sing uh, the same song as the bus drives away. I would just like to point out in all of this that, like, I don't know if you said it or not, but these, so it was a group of angels talking to another group of angels that were in the um, the bar. So, yes. like, it was one faction basically fighting against another, and then, yeah. you know, that was a thing. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that. you said all that. All I said was, like, I just, like, said that she said, she called him brother, which yeah. I should have been, like, yeah. 
in an yeah. angel, in an angel way. <laughs> Somebody said something about yeah. like you're, yeah, they're all you're part yeah. of so and so's side or something. Mm-hmm. I think at one point. I so. think later in the episode, like Sam and Dean have a conversation about that. But it is apparent when you're watching the scene that that is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we cut to, uh, oh, we get our opening title sequence, and then we cut to nighttime. Uh, Dean is driving the Impala, Sam's in the passenger seat. Dean says, so, he's better, and he is talking to Ezekiel. Uh, Zeke says, yes, Sam is much improved. It shouldn't be much longer now. Dean says, okay, you know, you said the same thing to me last week, right? Zeke says, as I told you when we met, this will take time. Okay, but like, how much? (laughs) Dean is frustrated. He says, okay, well, go then. Heal. I'd like my brother back, please. (laughs) Zeke says, I must say, Dean, I'm very uncomfortable with this whole trip. Investigating crimes involving angels, or anything involving angels, puts me, and therefore Sam, at risk. You're always uncomfortable, dude. <laughs> I know. Just unclench those butt cheeks. Come on. <laughs> unclench, man. Unclench. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, now I'm thinking about Tomo's butt. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fine, but that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Uh, Dean says, well, family business, Zeke. Okay. If we ignore this, Sam's going to think that something fishy's going on. And Zeke says, then I trust you'll be discreet. Dean says, wait, if you know where we're going, that means you've been listening in. Are you, are you hearing everything between me and Sam? Zeke says, no, just a word here and there. I have you better sneaky bastard. I know. <laughs> he says, I have better things to do with my time than eavesdrop. Like, heal your brother. Which, I mean, that was a little snarky there. But I guess he oh, was being sure. accused of eavesdropping. So, whatever. <laughs> Dean says, okay, because here's the thing. But just then, Sam's eyes flash blue. And Zeke gives control back to Sam. Sam uh, starts talking clearly midway through a sentence. He says, you know what I was going to say? It seems like it's getting really quiet out there, you know? Not a peep from the angels. Even Buddy Boyle's gone off the air and stopped recruiting for them. Dean says, obviously, calm before the storm. Sam says, yeah, maybe. Um, Sam notices something outside and gets a confused look on his face. Dean says, what? Sam says, that sign said Fort Collins, 50 miles. Dean says, so? Sam says, so the last time I looked, like 12 seconds ago, uh, Fort Collins was 100 miles. Um, Okay, so that means that, that like, Dean and Zeke were chatting for, like, 50 miles. I want to know that conversation. You know? It's a while. (laughs) Like, like, what do you, what? I want to know. Okay. What do you do it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dean says, well, hey, man, ever since that goddess got her hooks in you, you know, Sam says, no, it's more than Vesta. I mean, this kind of thing's been happening to me. Like, like there are chunks of time that are just missing. Like there are times when I'm not here. Dean says, well, like I said, Sam says, yes, the trials. I know. I heard you. I heard you when you said it the last week and the week before that and the week before that. Dean says, yeah, because damn straight the trials. They whacked you, man. You're not up to warp speed yet, okay? But you will be. And then he smiles at Sam and says, would I lie? Which you... The gaslighting. Dude, that's 
that's what liars say. I know, like, right? Like, you say when you lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, would I lie? Yeah. Yeah, you would. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're doing it right now because you Sorry, said the thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we cut to daytime at the roadhouse. It's a crime scene now. Uh, Sam and Dean pull up in the Impala and get out wearing their suits. They flash their FBI badges at a uniformed cop. The cop says, ah, one of your guys is here already. So Sam and Dean look at each other, put their IDs back, and head into the roadhouse. Um, Once inside, they look around and see Castiel, and they head his way. Uh, Castiel. I know, my little Cass butt. Uh, Cass is talking to a cop, but he excuses himself. Uh, He goes over to Sam and Dean and says, ah, my colleagues. Dean looks very fondly at Cass. Sam smiles, uh, barely concealing his happiness, and slaps Cass on the arm. Sam says, agent. Uh, Cass is very pleased and says, agent, back. (laughs) Uh, Dina's look what I did. (laughs) They're so proud. Uh, Dina's not having this bro moment. He says, Cass, what the hell are you doing? Cass says, Uh, I still have that badge you gave me. Dean says, Yeah, is uh, that the age Beyonce badge? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I want it to be. (laughs) Dean says, "Uh, Yeah, uh, what the hell are you doing? Cass says, the murders were all over the news. I thought it might be of help. Sam says, yeah, but Cass, you know this is an angel situation, right? I mean, you left that night because angels were on your ass. Dean says, yeah, and you were living the life, you know, early retirement, working your way up the gas and sip ladder. Cass (laughs) says, if angels are slaughtering one another, I have to do what I can to help. It's a risk we should be willing to take, don't you think? Sam kind of shrugs in agreement. Cass says, hey, Cass is back in town. (laughs) Dean says, seriously, did you? And then he looks at Sam and says, did he just say that? (laughs) And then Cass shows them some photos and says, these angels, they were butchered. Much more violence than was required. Sam says, definitely took more than one or two killers to pull this off. Dean says, hit squad? Bartholomew's people? Sam says, well, Bartholomew has a faction we know about, but this could be somebody else entirely. We don't know. Uh, Cass pats both of the boys on their shoulders and says, well, whoever it is, we'll find him. And he walks away. Dean says, we'll find them. That's great. And then (laughs) Sam's eyes flash blue and Zeke looks very unhappy. Uh, Dean sees his disapproving look and kind of slinks away. So we can. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> clearly do not have control of this. So uh, we cut to nighttime. Two cars pull up in a deserted, like, industrial location. Uh, the drivers get out. The drivers get out? Yeah, two cars. Okay. I know what's <laughs> up. The drivers get out and open the doors for each car. Uh, out of one car steps the blonde glee clubber and a greasy haired man in a leather jacket. And a goatee. Uh, greasy dude. His name is Malachi. Uh, and he is also accompanied by a very tall male angel. Out of the other car comes Bartholomew's assistant, who is a nameless angel chick. That's what I put. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, she's with two more uh, men, and they're all dressed in corporate suits. Uh, Bartholomew's assistant says, good evening, Malachi. Malachi says, where is he? Bartholomew's assistant says, 
Bartholomew is quite busy tonight. With such a large following, well, the responsibilities are enormous. That would be a good cat name, Bartholomew. I thought you were going to say enormous. (laughs) No. (laughs) I did have a cat that was enormous one time. He was like 25 pounds. His name was Freddy. Aww. That was pretty cute. I love big, chunky cats. Oh, my God. He could wear... Back when, this is, you know, back when I was in, like, middle school, high school, he could wear my shirts. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> was a <laughs> uh, I want to see a picture. See if your mom has a picture. I I know I have a picture of him. I don't know if I have a picture of him in my shirt. Okay. But I definitely have a picture of him taking up most of a recliner. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that picture. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll find it. <laughs> Okay, so Malachi says, I called for a top-level summit. I don't deal with handmaidens. Bartholomew's assistant smiles and says, I'll convey your thoughts to Bartholomew. Malachi says, he'll regret the disrespect. Uh, Bartholomew's assistant says, you speak of disrespect, Malachi, after the bloodbath two nights ago? Malachi says, Bartholomew's naked grab for power was nothing but disrespect. He and I ultimately ultimately want the same thing. The only way we can take heaven back from Metatron is to unite. And if Bartholomew wants to avoid all-out warfare on Earth, he'll meet personally with me to negotiate terms. Bartholomew's assistant says, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned earlier, Bartholomew said to tell you he doesn't negotiate with street thugs. And then she smiles real snootily and says, are we done here? Malachi says, yes, we are. And then Malachi's hench angels throw. Yeah, I like that hench angels. <laughs> <laughs> throw uh, their angel blades at Bartholomew's two people, and they die with white light streaming out of their corpses. Uh, Barty's assistant screams as Malachi rushes at her and stabs her. Her body drops to the ground, and Malachi wipes his blade on a cloth and says, "And so it begins." And then Malachi drops. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Super dramatic. <laughs> and he like drops his bloodstained cloth onto her, her dead body. Uh, so we cut to inside a bar. Sam, Cass, and Dean are at a table having a beer. Cass says, "It is so good being together again. You know, this is my first beer as a human. I hope it's okay me joining you." Sam says, "Why wouldn't it be okay?" Dean uh, looks really alarmed at this direction of the conversation. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he says, oh, no. <laughs> right. he says, you know, Cass, are you sure you're ready to jump back into all this? I mean, it seems like you'd actually found some peace. Cass says, hey, you once told me that you don't choose what you do. It chooses you. Dean <laughs> says, huh? <laughs> Cass says, I'm part of this. And then he clinks his beer bottle with Dean and says, like it or not. Sam says, (laughs) Sam says, all right, well then, in that case, we have to figure out uh, who we're up against. What do they want? And how do we stop them? Cass says, well, Bartholomew wants to reverse Metatron's spell, presumably to retake heaven once his following is large enough. That's according to April. Dean says, the Reaper you banged. Cass says, yeah, and you stabbed. Dean says, yeah. And then there's an awkward pause. And Dean says, she was like, not. are you mad at me for stabbing Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so awkward pause. I'm pretty pause. sure she deserved it. <laughs> she totally did, yeah. Dean says, 
She was hot. Cass says, so hot and very nice. And then Dean appreciatively says, hmm. <laughs> Cass says, up to the point. <laughs> what? Awkward. <laughs> Awkward, yeah. Cass says, up to the point she started torturing me. Dean says, yeah, well, not every hookup's perfect. And then Dean pats Cass on the arm. Sam is smiling adorably at this exchange and says, all right, I'm going to get us another around. Cass says, nah, I'll get it. And then Cass hops off his bar stool and then returns immediately. Uh, he says, mmm, and like swigs the last of his be- his old beer and sets the bottle on the table. He says, you know, I've never done this before. And then he goes practically skipping off to the bar. He's like so <laughs> like, like, I'm going to order some beers. And he's so excited. <laughs> and he's so human. <laughs> yeah, he's so like human about all this, you know, he's not, he's like so <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 nice to see. Um, yeah. Dean kind of sighs and then says, "One beer." He's hammered. And then <laughs> blue light flashes in Sam's eyes, and Zeke is back. Dean says, "Oh boy." Zeke says, "Well, <laughs> what are we gonna do about this?" Dean says, "About Cass." Zeke says, "He is a beacon, Dean, pulling every angel for miles down on our heads." Dean says, "All right, you know what, Zeke." level with me what is it you're so afraid of Zeke says I told you when I chose to answer your prayers and heal Sam I chose sides that means I'm not in good standing with certain angels Dean says okay well you know what Cass isn't in good standing with any angel all right but (laughs) (laughs) but here he is ass on the line fighting the fight so tell me what makes you so special uh, then Cass returns and says, here we go. Three brewskis. Uh, Zeke. Oh, buddy. That's <laughs> so cute. <laughs> uh, Zeke, uh, pretending to be Sam, but failing because he says it very pissily, says, I'm going to get something out of the car. <laughs> and then, uh, outside with Zeke, we see him, uh, walking. He hears something and slows down and sees that Metatron is waiting for him. Uh, Metatron says, well, I'm really looking forward to this. Zeke says, excuse me? Metatron says, oh, please, I know who you really are. And it isn't Ezekiel. So not Ezekiel looks very unhappy. (laughs) A little (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. And then we cut back to Dean and Cass at the bar. Cass says, "I, uh, I noticed you look kind of uncomfortable whenever Sam mentions my leaving. Doesn't he know that you told me to leave? Dean says, here's the deal. When Sam was doing the trials to seal up hell, it messed him up, okay? The third one nearly killed him. If I'd let him finish, it would have. So he's still messed up. Bad. Cass says, you said the angel Ezekiel helped heal him. Excuse me, I totally just burped. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I, tried to, like, I couldn't like, tell. Okay, I tried to like not do it at the microphone, but like everything <laughs> happened so fast. I don't know. Okay. I was caught unaware. I know. It just happened. Okay. So um Dean kinda looks down and is trying to avoid the question. He says, uh, look, I gotta do anything I can to get him back. Now if that means that we keep our distance from you for a little while, then I don't have a choice. I don't feel good about it. But I don't have a choice. It's great to have your help, Cass. Okay? But we just can't work together. And then Cass looks sad. And then I am sad. And <laughs> everyone is sad. <laughs> okay. Everybody's just sad. 
to outside the bar. Metatron says, relax, I'm not here to out you, but I am curious. Why Ezekiel? Uh, not Ezekiel says, they say he is a good and honorable angel. Metatron says, ah, everything they say, you are not. I see your point, Gadriel. Gadriel says, the story's about me. They are not true. Metatron says, and yet you spent countless thousands of years locked in heaven's darkest dungeon, and now you're hiding in this human, posing as Ezekiel. It's tragic. It broke his heart to lock you away, you know? You were God's most trusted. That's why he chose you to protect the garden. Your one task was to keep evil from entering, from befouling his cherished creation, mankind, and you failed him. Gadriel says, not my doing. Metatron says, well, for whatever reason, the serpent entered. The earth is cursed with evil. Someone had to be blamed. Sorry, I need a second to, like, drink this energy no, drink. <laughs> wow, my throat was just like, you're not moving. until I'm like, like this. Actually, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, Gadriel says, what is it you want of me, Metatron? Metatron sighs and says, just to be your friend. You and I go back a long way. I was actually the one who freed you. Gadriel says, you? Metatron says, I was the one who caused all the angels to fall, including the imprisoned ones. You're welcome. <laughs> what a little bitch you are, Metatron. I know. Can I just say that, like, looking back over the entire series, and there's some pretty, like, ugh, characters. Metatron, out of every single one of them, least favorite by far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hate yeah. this it, guy. <laughs> in, like, a smarmy way. I, I'm not going to spoil it, but there is an episode where I feel, like, slight redemption. Slight. Very slight. But, no, you're a slimy little bitch. So, yeah. yeah. I don't really have, like... I mean, we'll get there, and I'll explain my reasoning. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, all that. But even yeah. then, with that, I'm like, no, you. It's too late for that. You yeah, know? Like, that's true. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. I'll, yeah, I'll rant. I'll rant at that episode. But, okay, <laughs> that's not for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, okay, so Gadriel says no angels are in heaven, none at all. Metatron says no, and you know, at first I thought I would love it. But it's a big place. My solitude is getting tedious. Gadriel says, and so. Maybe you should have thought about that before you kicked everybody out. <laughs> I know. Like, what was your what was your plan? I don't get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Metatron says, and so, plan B. Rebuild heaven as the place God envisioned it, only with a hand-picked few. No more anemic functionaries like Bartholomew. And no more stupid angels. Maybe some funny ones. You were his most trusted, Kadriel. You want to take back your reputation? You want to reclaim the heaven that was? We could do this together. Kadriel uh, looks kind of unsure and kind of emotional. Uh, and then we cut back to the bunker. Sam is sitting on a table with the, uh, it's the table that has the, the lighted map, right? I yeah, know, I wrote the, that weird. I don't yeah. know what the, that thing's the, called. I'm just going to call it the map table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, he is looking at his laptop. Dean comes jogging in. Sam says, any word from Cass? Dean says, nothing yet. Sam says, and we're not worried about him that he just took off like that again? I mean, it's not like he does this kind of stuff alone. 
Dean says, it's the way he wanted it, honestly. And then he looks at Sam, who is totally unconvinced, and says, hey, look, man, he's been all over the map since he got his wings clipped. And then he uh, changes the subject (laughs) and says, what do you got? And he rolls his chair over to Sam to look at his laptop and says, obituaries, that one of the bikers? Sam says, yeah, his name was Red Dog. Dean says, hit. Of course it was. <laughs> That's kind of a weird name, not going to lie. <laughs> also, we just got over an episode where Dean was referred to as D-Dog. So, I mean, you can't really judge D-Dog. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, Sam, think he was, I think he was thinking of it in, at Dirty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I think that's what that was. <laughs> Sam says, it's not what you think. Look, he's a family guy. Big in the PTA. He played Santa at Christmas parties. Dean says, so what? Just one day he up and joined a biker gang? Sam says, no, he did that years ago. Get this. This is weird. Look. And he pulls up some news clippings and photos. He says, these are all the victims, right? They were all baptized together. Dean says, baptized? Sam says, yeah, they were a born again biker gang. Dean says, well, that is not something you hear every day. <laughs> Sam says, no, it's not. Yeah. Dean sees something on the laptop screen and says, wait, make that bigger. <laughs> Which I'm just going to giggle at. So Sam does, and they look at the, uh, the logo on the biker's jacket. And the logo, it's like a patch, and it says, um, boils boys that is hard to say dean says boyle as in reverend buddy boyle sam leans forward and does some fancy finger work on the keyboard for a second (laughs) he says listen to this red dog's widow said he was always religious but a week before he died he came home from a prayer meeting and was a changed man filled with divine glory dean says so boyle's at it again selling folks on being meat suits for angels sam says just what talking to smaller groups now dean says i don't know maybe uh softening up thousands at a time he wasn't able to control what angels got let in this way bartholomew's followers can just jump in as soon as Boyle does his thing sam says so red dog and his guys were bartholomew's people dean says yeah and they got slaughtered which means that this new group is even worse haven't i always said that angels are dicks so we cut to a clearing in a forest it's night, and there's a campfire with a bunch of um, adults. I don't think these are adults. Mm, okay, well, I'll just keep reading and see where know. this takes yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't can't, remember. I can't remember. There's, a, there's a lot of people there. Okay, so uh, a bunch of adults sitting around a circle holding books. Which it was a I, college group. I think I talk about teenagers in a second, so... From I mean, my college-age people can be teenagers. Yeah, I just don't know if I if I was, like, adults and then teenagers or, like, grouped them all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't know <laughs> I, I can't quite picture it in my head since I haven't watched this episode in, like, a week. So, From what anyways, I remember, it was, like, a college group of some variety. Yeah, so there's there's some people of some ages uh, <laughs> sitting in a circle <laughs> holding what I think are our Bibles. Uh, blonde glee clubber angel glee clubber angel is giving an inspirational speech to some here I said teenagers I don't know people folk okay Uh, blonde glee clubber angel says and I so appreciate the opportunity to address your bible study group I admire your passion your energy 
your devotion. You are exactly what God and his angels have in mind for the crusade. Now rise. And then we can see a bunch of white lights are streaming and swirling above the campfire. The blonde glee clubber angel says, join hands, all of you. Feel the heavenly host reach out to embrace you. Embrace them back. The angels want nothing more than to feel your love. And then the white light starts heading towards their waiting vessels below as the campers look up uh, open mouth with delight. I would not be open mouth with delight. I would try and cover all my holes. And <laughs> I know. Like, there's some weird <laughs> shit going on around here. Yeah. And like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I want my, my holes closed right now. Uh, yeah. uh, the blonde glee clever angel says, welcome them into your hearts. Let them in. In the name of Malachi, let them in. And then uh, she is suddenly stabbed by someone from behind. Uh, her angelic white light uh, floods out of the stab wound in her chest. There's lots of screams. And then all the angels are running around and placing their hands on the humans' foreheads. The humans fall down with their eyes burnt out. Um, the blonde, glee clever angel lies dead on the ground with a red stain on her chest. Uh, so we cut back to Metatron. Um, who's he talking to here? Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> Metatron says, frankly, I never got used to them. I lived among them for centuries. I had to isolate myself to keep sane. Gadriel says, humans do seem chaotic, Metatron. And, you know, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metatron says, which makes them fascinating, but all that emotion, jeez, and that wasted energy is just exhausting. Gadriel says, I know. Sam Winchester? It is a mess in here. And the brother? I do not know where to start. <laughs> Metatron says, I can free you from them, from all of them. Gadriel says, you intend to be the ruler of this new heaven. Am I correct? Metatron says, ah, it is a burden I feel I must accept. What a douche nugget. Ugh. I know. Like, uh, oh, Yeah. I've magically made this to where I, it looks like I'm the only option. I have to. Yeah, there's there's no other no other way. Um, <laughs> Gadriel says, then Metatron, does that not make you God? Metatron says, oh, 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 semantics. I don't know if I take on that name necessarily. No, when the time comes, we'll call me X. Gadriel's, He's such a freaking sleazeball. I hate I it. I know, <laughs> me too. Gadriel says, X, Metatron says, you and I, we could have paradise again, Gadriel. So we cut to inside a motel room. It's daytime. Cass is kneeling on the ground. He exhales dramatically and says, okay. Uh, he's beside the bed on his knees. He closes his eyes and folds his hand in prayer. He says, I'm unfamiliar with this end of the process. Of course, no one may be listening, uh, but I, I do need some assistance. And then Cass sits on the bed in the lotus position with his legs folded and arms <laughs> extended, thumb and forefinger touching. He says, <laughs> I have questions and there seems to be no answers. Then he kneels on the floor um, <laughs> and, and he says, I, I wouldn't presume to ask for help if I wasn't desperate, but I need help. <laughs> and then he stands up, uh, his eyes are closed. Arms are extended outward, palms upward. He says, I'm lost. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> uh, 
I know. Anybody? Any relationship? <laughs> Do I need to stand on my head? I'll stand on my head. <laughs> uh, then he's lying on the bed with his legs bent and his feet down. He's got his hands over his eyes. He says, I need your guidance. Then he's kneeling again, hands folded, eyes closed. He says, please hear my prayer. He pauses and says, I don't know how humans do it. And then he gives up and walks over to the TV and turns it on. It is uh, not working. We hear a woman's voice. Uh, it's muffled because it's coming from outside the room. She says, try plugging it in. Cass goes to the door and opens it. It's a woman in a park ranger uniform. She says, surely that wasn't the answer you were seeking. Cass says, you're an angel. And this angel's name uh, is Muriel. She says, uh, I didn't pick the outfit. She stares at him and says, Castiel? And then she turns and tries to quickly leave. Cass says, no, wait, please, just hear me out. Muriel says, it can't be known that I even spoke to you. Cass says, I just need a moment. Muriel says, no. Cass <laughs> says, please, I just need information. So we cut back to the bunker. Uh, Kevin and Dean are researching at the tables. Dean is on the laptop. Kevin is staring at the tablet. Kevin says, Dean, there may be nothing in here. Crowley said the spell that cast the angels was irreversible. Dean says, yeah, well, screw Crowley. Why would you think that anything he says is true? Kevin says, this part is nearly indecipherable. Almost like when Metatron wrote it down, he wanted to keep the words hidden, even from prophets. Sam joins them and says, hey, Dean says, hey, check this out. Another angel attack. Sam says, what? Where? Dean says, Utah, uh, college, uh, Bible study group, and their guest speaker, some top shelf church lady. Their insides are scorched out. Kids eyes are missing, but not the church ladies. Sam says, so she was an angel, too. Dean says, sounds like. Uh, and she's saying soprano for the Melody Ministry Glee Club. Sam says, okay. Dean says, the club goes to its gigs on a bus. So when I checked the Wyoming cops, they said that a witness saw the same bus leaving the biker bar not long before the bodies were found. Sam says, so Church Lady Angel was at both killings. Dean says, I'm guessing that she and whoever she's running with killed Bartholomew's bikers at the bar, and then Bart's boys hit her back. Sam says, when she was recruit recruiting those students to be vessels. Wow. It's a bunch of kids. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, Kevin, clock's ticking. So we cut to Cass's motel room. Muriel says, let's say you're telling the truth and Metatron tricked you. I should still turn you in. Cass says, but you won't. Muriel says, don't be so sure. Cass says, I think you instinctively trust me. We're similar. We both want no part of the fanatics. Muriel says, and when you prayed, how did you know you wouldn't get one of them? Cass says, I'm warded and my grace is gone. And I was hoping that I would seem like just another desperate human that the militants couldn't care less about. Muriel says, and you think I care? Cass says, you're here. You may know the situation. Bartholomew, he's in a blood feud with another faction. Muriel says, it's madness. Cass says, who leads the opposition? Muriel says, Malachi. Castiel says, Malachi, the anarchist? Muriel says, he's become equals with Bartholomew, in some ways, worse. Cass says, but there's still those like you who want to stay out of it. 
Muriel says, fewer and fewer. Each side is rounding up those who try and stay neutral. Angels are being tortured and killed if they don't pledge loyalty. Cass sighs and says, it's worse than I thought. Muriel says, each side wants to crush the other, overthrow Metatron, and rule heaven. And heaven under either of them would be, Cass says, hell. Then suddenly the door is kicked in and Malachi's, uh, yeah, Malachi's thug, whose name is Cleo, and then another shorter person. What a name for a thug. (laughs) I gotta say. Wait, did I say Cleo or Theo? You said Cleo. Oh, I meant Theo. That's so funny. (laughs) I have a a really good. named Cleo. (laughs) I have a really good friend named Cleo, so I think maybe my brain just went right to her. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, Theo. (laughs) Um, and then there's another shorter person behind him um, who apparently has no name. Um, so Cass and Muriel stare at them in horror. And then we cut to a long, dark hallway, dimly lit with lamps. Uh, we hear lashing sounds and screaming in the distance. Never good. Malachi says, this is a bonus, Castiel. We were tracking Muriel. Cowardly holdout that she is. And we see Muriel now. She's bound and bloody, and she's got bruises all over her face. Malachi says, and wonder of wonders, she led us to you. And then we see Cass is also bloody and beaten, and I am unhappy. Uh, Muriel says, not knowingly. Malachi says, I stand corrected. Not knowingly. Stupidly. Cass says, I've explained in detail. I don't know how Metatron's spell worked. Therefore, I can't assist in reversing it. I was an unwitting accomplice. Malachi says, oh, a dupe. The great Castiel. Valued and trusted Castiel. And then Malachi walks over to a trail, a trail, a tray of metal torture thingies. That's what I wrote. Uh, (laughs) Malachi says, top of the Christmas tree, Castiel. No more than a dupe. Dupe or mastermind, you were inside the circle. You know where Metatron's weakness lies. Cass says, no, I don't. Malachi sighs and says, Theo. So Theo uh, advances on Cass. Cass says, no. And then Theo pulls Cass's head back and slides a a silver. I don't know why I need to say it's silver. They're all fucking silver. Uh, (laughs) He slides his angel blade down Cass's chest. Cass says, ah, ah. (laughs) And then he groans in pain. Malachi says, You'd suffer, even die for your beliefs. I get it. But is Metatron, whose pull numbers have totally tanked, worth your life? More importantly, is Metatron worth her life? And he indicates Muriel. Cass says, no. No, she's innocent. You leave her alone. Malachi says, hmm, I have no intention of touching her. And then Malachi looks at Theo, who nods. Malachi says, virtue is its own punishment. Cass says, please, no. Muriel says, no. But Theo stabs Muriel in the chest with his ancient blade. So we cut to a few moments later. Muriel's dead body is on the ground. Cass is in cuffs. Cass says, angels butchering angels. Is this what we've become? Malachi says, just following your example, Castiel. How many did you kill in heaven? How many in the fall? Oh, you didn't know. A host of angels died when they fell. Uh, Azrael, Sophia, Ezekiel. And when Cass hears that name, he gets very concerned. Uh, Malachi says, died, doesn't even describe it. Devastation. 
wings shredded, unspeakable agony at your hands. So I think you would want to provide any information you have, considering. And then he pauses, but Cass doesn't respond. Malachi says, all right, I'll leave you in the hands of an artist. And to Theo, he says, I don't care what's left. And then Malachi leaves the room. Theo says to Cass, don't ask for mercy. There is none. <clears throat> um, so dramatic, Theo slash Cleo. <laughs> yeah. So Theo walks over to and shuts the door and then goes back to Cass and he picks up a drill, which is okay. Uh, Yuck. Yeah. Theo says, I'll give you one last chance for this to end. Cass says, give me a quick death. Cass closes his eyes and holds up his face in anticipation. Uh, but then Cleo says, I need you to speak to Metatron. Everyone knows you have influence. Cass opens his eyes and looks at Theo. Theo says, he'll listen to you. Ask him to raise me to heaven. You can do this, Castiel. I'll be a soldier for Metatron. Do anything he wants. Cass says, you serve Malachi. Theo says, I thought he was the answer, but he's crazy. <laughs> Cass <laughs> says, you're, you're noticing this now? You were more than willing to do his dirty work. Theo says, I did what I had to. Cass says, when you were sure he would defeat Bartholomew. Theo says, but no one will survive this war. Cass says, so you prefer to sit it out in heaven. Theo says, I can talk to him about restoring your grace. Cass says, well, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's true. Metatron and I do have a working relationship. <laughs> Theo smiles and <laughs> says, I knew it. Cass says, you're clever, Theo. Theo says, you're allies. Cass says, and he could use a skilled soldier like yourself. Uh, he says, uh, I don't know. Theo says, I'm a team player, Castiel. Cass says, all right, well, and he gestures at his handcuffs. So Theo opens them up. Cass says, I'll need a moment to make contact. Contact. <laughs> he says, and you have something that I'll need. Theo says, anything. So Cass grabs one of the tortury pointy things and slices Theo in the throat, letting his grace flow out. Cass opens his mouth and swallows it right up. He says, mm. <laughs> That sounds so strange. <laughs> yeah, no, it was strange. Strange to write. <laughs> yep. Huh? Uh, it was strange to write. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cass uh, groans and the grace fills him up and his eyes turn blue. Theo stares at him, kind of dazed, and he's got blood dripping from his neck. Cass looks at him and then puts his hand to his forehead. Theo screams, and his white light bursts out of him, and then he falls to the ground with his eyes burnt out. So outside in the hallway, Malachi, who is whistling, comes down some stairs, but he sees bodies on the floor everywhere. He rushes back into the cell and sees Theo's body on the ground. Malachi says, no, oh no. Then we cut back to the bunker. Uh, Dean is heading into the kitchen as Kevin walks out with a sandwich. Dean says, hey, you seen Sam? Kevin says, he went out. Dean says, where? Kevin says, I don't know. You notice he's doing that a lot? Dean says, yeah. And then Dean's phone rings. Kevin walks out as Dean is answering. Dean says, yeah. Cass is on the other line. He says, Dean, I don't have a lot of time, so listen. The leader of the opposition is an angel named Malachi. Dean says, how do you know that? Cass says, he had me. 
I uh, I was tortured, but I got away. Dean says, how? Cass says, I did what I had to. I became <laughs> what they be- Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do nothing. <laughs> uh, he says, I became what they've become, a barbarian. <laughs> so cutely dramatic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dean says, what are you? Cass, where are you? Cass says, it's better I stay away. They're going to want me even more now, but I'm going to be all right. I got my grace back. Well, not mine per se, but it'll do. Dean says, wait, you're, you're back? You got your mojo? Cass says, I'm not sure, but I am an angel. Dean says, and you're okay with it? Cass says, if we're going to war, I need to be ready. Dean says, Cass. Cass says, Dean, there's more. Dean says, what? Cass says, didn't you say Sam was healed by an angel named Ezekiel? Dean says, uh, yeah, why? Cass says, Ezekiel is dead. Dean says, what? <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but I just <laughs> wanted to. Cass says, he died when the angels fell. Uh, Dean is not happy. Uh, we cut to Kevin dozing on top of a book. Dean approaches him and says, I need a spell, ASAP. Kevin wakes up and says, everyone always needs a spell and it's always ASAP. Dean says, all right, listen to me. An angel can't be expelled by another human, okay? Only by the host, right? But what if there was a way to power down the angel so that it wasn't in charge for a few seconds? Kevin says, what? Dean says, for instance, <laughs> if, if hypothetically I wanted to speak with the vessel but not have the squatter listen in. Kevin says, Why? This is oddly specific. <laughs> you know, like, okay. And she says, why, Kevin, we've got tons of possessed humans out there. You with me? And when the angels kill each other off, the humans are taking it in the teeth. So what if I wanted to clue the humans? Better than taking it other places. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, Dean says, uh, so what if I wanted to clue the human in so that he or she could spit the angel out? That would be a good thing, right? Kevin says, uh, yeah. Dean <laughs> says, okay, so hit the tablet. Let's go. And Dean turns around to walk away. Kevin says, now? Dean says, yesterday, Cinderella. What? Don't be a dick to Kevin. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> All right, so we cut to outside. It's daytime. We're under a large overpass. Um, Gadriel says, I've been thinking this over, Metatron. I will join you as second in command. Metatron says, bravo, Gadriel. This move will erase the mark that has hounded you through the centuries. Heaven will be restored, as will your reputation as one of its greatest heroes. Gadriel says, I thank you for this opportunity. Metatron says, I know, right? <laughs> Metatron says, there is just one more thing. Of course there is, motherfucker. God, pretty much. <laughs> no. Gadriel says, yes. Metatron says, I need to be sure of your fidelity. Gadriel says, you have it. Metatron says, no, I mean, really sure. We have enemies who pose an Im- imminent threat to our efforts. They must be neutralized. Uh, Gadriel says, slain? Metatron says, in a word. Gadriel says, that is not who I am. Metatron pulls a yellow card out of his pocket and says, yeah. 
here's the first name on your to-do list. And then he hands the card to Gadriel, who reads the name. We don't see who it is. Uh, Gadriel sighs. Metatron says, decide. So we cut to the bunker. Dean says, all right, so this masterpiece we just painted, it's going to work, right? Kevin says, the sigils are supposedly to briefly hobble the possessing angel. Possessing angel. Uh, If the info is correct. Dean says, wait, what? Kevin says, I only had time to get a little from the tablet. The rest came from an old Men of Letters book. As soon as your blood touches the ignition sigil, the spell kicks in. Yeah, I don't know if I said any of that right. All those syllables together just didn't sound right. That's fine. Okay. Whatever. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) All right. I got it. Okay. Uh, Kevin says, Dean, what's going on? Dean says, I told you. Kevin says, you told me theoretically. Dean says, we just painted sigils in the storeroom. No, that's not it. I'm going to start that over. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin says, you told me theoretically. Dean, we just painted sigils in the storeroom. What the hell? Dean says, you're going to have to trust me, okay? Trust that I told you everything I can for now. Can you do that? Kevin says, I always trust you. And I always end up screwed. (laughs) That's fair. Fair assessment. (laughs) It is true. (laughs) Dean says, oh, come on. Always? Not always. So we cut to some time later in the bunker. Uh, Sam is shelving beers. Dean walks in. He says, hey, where you been? Sam says, hey, beer run. Dean says, long beer run. Can we talk? Sam says, yeah, uh, sure. So Dean ushers Sam into the storeroom. Sam says, this sounds serious. Uh, While Sam is walking in, uh, but before he turns around, Dean shuts the door and pulls out a knife and cuts his hand. Dean slaps his hand against the door and then a flare of light comes from the sigil and Sam turns around all startled like Sam says what's going on what are you doing Dean says I gotta tell you some stuff fast it's gonna piss you off (laughs) Sam says okay (laughs) Dean says those trials really messed you up Sam says yes I know that Dean says no you don't I mean messed you up like almost dead no more birthdays dust to dust well (laughs) That's that's an odd. I mean, I guess yes. It's a you know. It's those are true. Sure. Like, okay. Like, no more birthdays. <laughs> I don't think he's worried about birthday parties, but no. no. <laughs> Dean says, "Well, that messed me up, so I made a move. Okay, a tough move about you without talking it over because you were in a coma." Sam says, "Wait, what? When?" Dean says, you were in the hospital, okay? And they said you were going to die. Sam says, what did you do? Dean says, I let an angel in. Sam says, in what? <laughs> I just have to really laugh at that. you put this guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dean says, in you. <laughs> Giggling more. Okay. He said, uh, he said he could heal you, and he is. Sam says, He's still in me? Wait, that's impossible, Dean. That couldn't happen. I never invited him in. Dean says, I tricked you into saying yes. It seemed like the only way. Sam sighs and says, so, again, you thought I couldn't handle something, so you took over. Dean says, no, I did what I had to do. You would have never agreed to it, and you would have died. 
Sam says, well, maybe I would have liked the choice at least. Dean says, we can do this later. You can, you can kick my ass all you want. Right now, we got bigger problems. Sam says, bigger? Dean says, the angel lied to me, okay? He's not who he said he was. He said his name was Ezekiel. Cool guy, according to Cass, but it's not Ezekiel. Sam says, who is he? <laughs> Dean <laughs> says, I don't know. Apparently, Ezekiel is dead. Whoever this guy is, uh, that's kind of weird. Whoever this guy is can end you in a heartbeat if he wants to. So you have got to dump him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think you're well enough now, but you got to expel him. Sam. Sam. But Sam walks past Dean. Dean says, hey. Sam turns around and punches Dean in the face. And Dean goes down unconscious. Uh, Sam walks out looking super pissy pants. And for once, it's Dean that's unconscious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, kind of like, it's about time. And, you know. Yeah. So Kevin looks up at Sam as he walks towards him. Kevin says, hey, Sam. Uh, Sam stops. Uh, and then continues towards them kind of slowly and kind of calmly and a little creepily. Kevin says, hey, did you notice anything a little bit off about Dean lately? Between you and me, I'm a little bit worried about him. Gadriel says, don't worry about Dean. Dean will be fine. And then Gadriel looks at Kevin for a moment and then reaches out and grabs his head. Uh, Dean is rounding the corner into the room as Kevin screams. Dean sees a white light flooding out of Kevin through his eyes. Dean says, no, 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 Kevin. And then Dean runs forward as Kevin's body falls to the floor. Uh, Gadriel puts out a hand to hold Dean off and Dean is pinned to the wall. Dean says, Sam? Gadriel says, there is no more Sam. Dean uh, is like gasping in pain. And then Gadriel says, but I played him convincingly, I thought. Dean says, how did you? Gadriel says, I heard you talk with Kevin Tran tonight. And then we get a flashback from Gadriel's perspective. And we see Kevin saying, you told me theoretically, Dean, we just painted sigils in the storeroom. What the hell? Dean says, you're going to have to trust me, okay? And trust that I told you everything I can for now. Can you do that? And then we are back in real time. And Gadriel packs a bag while he talks to Sam. Uh, no, while he talks to Dean. Uh, Gadriel says, alter a sigil, even the slightest, alter the spell. And then he holds up his hand to show uh, the markings of whatever the sigil was made of on his fingers. Gadriel says, sorry about Kevin, but ultimately it's for the best. I did what I had to. Gadriel puts the yellow card that Metatron gave him on Kevin's chest. Uh, he turns and looks at Dean, and then he walks right out of the bunker. Uh, well, he walks, yeah, that's weird. Okay, I say he walks out, and then I says as he walks towards the stairs. So he starts walking towards the stairs, uh, and then Dean is released from the wall. He looks at Kevin, and Kevin's eyes are all crispy, burnt out. Um, the door to the bunker shuts. Dean says, Kevin? Kevin? And then Dean single man tears and credits. Okay. So my thoughts, 
The first one is that Metatron is a rat bastard, and that will always be a thought. And it's very possible that I've <laughs> brought this thought up before. <laughs> you, have. you have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. But it, it continues to be true. It, and uh, it, will, it will continue on to be true. I think I think it's like the last episode you said that, like, out of the whole series, just, like, in hindsight, he's probably, like, the lamest. I mean, like, I the one the that most. you hate the most. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I love that actor, obviously. He is fantastic. Oh, yeah, like, he does his job really well. Oh, like, he is. He just, makes us hate him, which yeah, is. Yeah, like, asshole so? and, like, smarmy and, like, yeah, like, you just want to flick him on the forehead and be like, bad angel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Total douche nugget. So, <laughs> all right, yes. Well, yes, so that, that it's kind of a short thought, but. It's still a thought that is very prevalent (laughs) in these times. Don't like the guy. Um, Other than that, like, okay, like, freaking Castiel, it took you long enough to figure out to, like, let's steal some of these grace, you know, so that way I can be, like, revamped, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, he could have done it with the girl, whatever her name was, that, like, he was in the car accident with, that, like, they were going to go see Grand Canyon. Like, yeah, like, okay. Like, as she was already broken and dying, you should have just stolen her grace. (laughs) My only, like, thought about why he hadn't until this point is that it must be, like, like, the lowest level you could go. And, like, to, like, angels, you know what I mean? Like, like, super taboo or whatever, you know what I mean? Also, and he had just lost it, too, so he probably didn't, like, realize, like... How bad it could get to be that's a true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Why do I have to poop all the time? Yeah. I know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, toothpaste. You know? <laughs> I know. Is it okay to eat this much fluoride? I don't know. It's I know. not. You know, it's not. Yeah. 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 My only other thought was that, like, you know, so they talked about, um, like, how Gadriel, because now we know that he's Gadriel, like had let in the serpent to the Garden of Eden or whatever, which, okay, I'm just going to say, in the Bible, like, it never, like, I don't think it says that there was anybody posted there until after Adam and Eve screwed up. They got kicked out of the garden, and then there was a sentry posted there to keep them from going back in. So I don't think there was anybody there, like, Mm -hmm. that would have let anybody in or out, you know, (laughs) like. Yeah. It's just kind of open from what I remember, gather, I don't know, I could be wrong, so, you know, don't hate me, but, like, Mm -hmm. okay, how do you expect, so, in the supernatural universe, clearly, he was supposed to be there and, like, guarding the entry, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you expect, like, a lower level, like, whether he was a favorite or not, that doesn't mean he's powerful, like, how do you expect a lower level angel to keep, you know, an archangel out? You can't, like, Mm -hmm. he was kind of set up for failure, so, like, to me, that whole thing is just kind of like, okay, but, like, you do realize, like, who it was that got through, and, like, he probably couldn't have done anything about it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, knowing the whole series, like, I have an answer for you, but, like, up through now, like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, like, as of right now, you're just kind of like, okay, you've got this, like, lower-level angel. I mean, not lower-level, but still, you know, like, you've got this angel who's at a lower level than an archangel. Right. Like, (laughs) Yeah, duh, he's going to get through because, hey, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the power is not I mean, it equal, sounds, you know. 
that makes you kind of question the uh, authorities. But mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to smile yeah, my like, way through. Not he, he was just and, yeah. set up for failure there. Yeah, and, I you know, so. like, yeah. mm, whatever. So not exactly fair to him. He's like, it wasn't my fault. You know, like, yeah. which, I mean, technically it was because he was the one that was supposed to be guarding it. But also, like, you should have known better. And, like, there is, like, he, he, he was set up for failure. But, yeah, anyway. I agree. So. I agree. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Okay, well, I didn't really like a lot of this episode. <laughs> Truthfully. Okay. Um, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of, uh, happiness. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I did like the part where, um, let's see, I have my little transcript open here. Um, oh, you're like wagging your elbow. I think you're stretching, but I thought you were trying to get my attention. I was oh, like, oh no, what? I was just like <laughs> rotating my my shoulder there a little bit. Sorry, it looks like she's you're just like, like what is what's going on? Flapping a chicken wing is what. I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so like Cass and Dean and Sam are like chatting about I can't remember what, but like. Um, Cass was talking about, like, April, and Dean was like, oh, like, that reaper you banged. And Cass was like, yeah. And then you stabbed. And Dean was like, yeah. She was hot. And Cass was like, so hot. <laughs> and very nice. And then Dean goes, mmm. <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> they had a bro moment over it a girl. Did. Yeah, the, the hot... The hot angel or reaper or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad that Dean is like, yeah, you got some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. 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 So anyway, what was your favorite moment? Um, Mine was when Cass was like trying to pray and he'd never like had to before. And he was like trying all these different like prayer positions. Right. Like, yeah. one, he's, like, hanging off the bed upside down, I think, and he's, like, you know, laying there on the floor and, like, doing all the, like, it just, like, cuts from, like, position to position to position of him just, like, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. Like, How do I do this thing, you know? Like, it was pretty funny of him just, like, maybe if I, like, you know, tip my head this way and sit this way, and so, like, it's just, like, buddy, you know? Like, I know. Adorable. It was pretty good. I thought that was pretty funny. It was. Yeah, a little little prayer. I never thought that I would, you know, giggle about a a prayer montage, but I know. Yeah, yeah. He's just like so awkward and doesn't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So our um interesting facts for today. It says Britt Irvin, who plays Muriel, um previously appeared in season one, episode seventeen, um Hell House as. Teenage girl number one. <laughs> I can't even picture Muriel now that I'm thinking about it. So Hell House is the one with... I think it was... That's the first so, Ghost Facers episode. Yeah, it's the one... I think it was the one that... Well, she was either the one that was, you know, with them throughout the episode when they were trying to find her boyfriend or whatever, or no, she that's, was, like, that's at the like beginning. the Island episode. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so so in the beginning of Hell House, there's, like, four teenagers. So two boys, two girls. It's the and old one guy girl. that's, like, haunting the basement or something of the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So so one of the girls goes inside on a dare and dies, and I think the other girl is Muriel. I'm just guessing, because the girl who goes know, inside yeah. and dies is definitely not the same actress. 
Teenage okay. girl number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about without yeah. actually visualizing her face at all. I feel crazy. Okay. Okay. She We're was good. the one in this one, I think, that was at um that, like, campground or whatever, trying to, like, or not in this, was it this one or the last one? I don't remember. That she's, like, trying to get all these, like, college kids to, like, you know, be vessels or whatever. Like, is that her? I think that might be her. Um, I don't remember. Or no. I feel like Muriel is the, um, uh, hold on. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm like all sorts of scattered. Cause I'm like, with you. she is the angel that came to Castiel after he did all those prayer poses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But so, I don't yeah. remember anything else. Yeah. No. Okay. yeah. Well, I do remember that. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Um. So. Uh. The next one it says uh, when the church women enter the bikers bar, the song playing on the jukebox is "Bad Luck" by Social Distortion, which mm-hmm. I have no idea. But. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. It says the starting of the episode is in Wyoming. Um. The license plate is for County Thirty Two. Um. And there are not thirty two counties in Wyoming, apparently. According to this fact, which anybody could have written, so who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So it says um, when Gadriel comments um to Metatron, I'm like, why can't I read this word right now? Um, that Metatron taking over heaven makes him God. Metatron says he would never go by that name, but when the time comes, he would go by X. Um, X is the Greek abbreviation for Christ. <laughs> so. Oh, I was wondering, like, why X? Like, is this an X-Files reference? I don't get it. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So he's like, I'm not going to be God. I'm going to be Christ. I'm going to be Jesus. Okay. I know. Like, All right. I, so not too different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, a douche. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it says it's revealed that Sam is not possessed by the angel Ezekiel, but by the angel Gadriel, you know, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, there we go. Um, and it says Malachi calls Cass, um, top of the Christmas tree, Castiel, um, in Supernatural, uh, the born again identity from 2012, Meg calls Cass the little tree topper. Yeah, and I do put Cass on top of my Christmas tree every year. <laughs> With Cthulhu. He sits yeah. In Cthulhu. He sits in Cthulhu's lap, doesn't he? He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um, So our research from this week is off of Ranker because we can. <laughs> we just love them so much. I know. It's become a problem. <laughs> And it is uh, 12 nightmare ghost stories and myths that prove that Wyoming is the creepiest state. Um, so it says, though the term mostly used with the past uh, wild, wild west easily applies today to Wyoming's urban legend. Wait, what? I don't know what. <laughs> I read that wrong. Let me start okay. over. Okay. It says, though a term mostly used in the past, the wild, wild west easily applies today to Wyoming's urban legends and ghost towns. Uh, the strange and beautiful landscape, eerie ghost towns, history of deranged criminals, and numerous haunted hotels make Wyoming a true terror. Uh, the remoteness of its far-flung cities only enhances Wyoming's aura of isolation, a wilderness where no one can hear you scream. 
Yay! <laughs> the rough lifestyle of the Old West resonates in modern-day Wyoming. Uh, the spirits of those who died tragic deaths, they're still haunting the waking world with their cries. Um, says, from headless ghost brides to the ghosts of cannibalistic serial killers who haunt the gas chambers where they died, um, uh. creepy stories from Wyoming get especially twisted. Um, with myths way too far-fetched to, po- to be possibly real to horrifying stories backed up by gruesome piles of bones, uh, Wyoming urgent legend, er, urgent, urban legends, <laughs> <laughs> urgent, that's a weird name, or a weird word, um, will make your heart race and your hair stand on end. <laughs> if you want to learn more about the haunted happenings hidden in the vast wilderness of creepy Wyoming, take a gander at the tales below. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> So the first one, um, it's the Headless Bride of the Old Faithful Inn. Um, it says, though it has many ghost stories attached to it, Yellowstone's most famous specter is the Headless Bride who haunts the Old Faithful Inn. According to legend, the bride was a rebellious teen in life who rejected the arranged marriage set up by her wealthy father and instead wanted to marry a much older house servant. Good for um, her. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> You like who you like, you know? Like, you can't force somebody to, like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like, and I know people in arranged marriages, and they're fine, you know? Like, I, do, I know one person who's had an arranged marriage, and it is not yeah. fine, but... See, like, I, I mean, I just know the one, so, you know. Yeah, know I've only known a couple. The one I know pretty well, and, you know, it's fine, like, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. Um, like, I, I couldn't do it, but, you know? <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Where was I? It says, uh, the father who attempted to convince his daughter the servant would use her made a condition of their marriage that the couple received no financial assistance other than her dowry, hoping to scare the servant off. It didn't work. (laughs) The couple honeymooned at the Old Faithful Inn, where the girl's new husband wasted her entire dowry gambling and became violent, only to disappear when the money ran out. Um, Hotel staff found the girl's dead body left in the bathtub and her severed head at the top of the hotel's crow's nest. Whoa! Uh, so like, how did decapitated? And but like, how to get in the crow's nest? Like, did he put it there? Did the he crow put it up put there? It there? What? Uh, where? No, okay, okay, okay. So the you crow's, know crow's nest, nest is right. It's just a nest of a crow, right? Am I wrong? No, 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 no. no. Oh, so no, crow's nest, know. like on a ship, anyways, is like the very top. You know how like the very highest mast has like mm-hmm. a little basket. Kind of. That's mm-hmm. the crow's nest. So you can like sit up there and like see for a while. Like okay, but we're like in a hotel, right? Yeah. So, so they must have stuff? a crow's okay. nest up there. So it's you know a higher area where you can kind of see from a distance. So, I did not know hotels had that. Okay. I didn't or know that, either, that but I would assume that that's okay. what it means because it's capitalized. It's not like in a crow's nest. It's like the crow's nest. You know. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, got it. Got it. Um. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> It says, over the years, her ghost, dressed in white, has been seen descending the crow's nest stairs with her head under her arm. Aww. Icky. Why yeah. won't Hold okay, on. Okay, so, like, this, like, really irritates me that her dad was right and shouldn't have married that guy. So. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Aww. I guess you love who you love. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next one is the ghosts of Fort Laramie. Um, it says Fort Laramie has a long history as a trading post and then military fort, or in the past a military fort, I'm guessing, um, and is allegedly haunted by a legion of ghosts, uh, the most famous being the Lady in Green. 
Back when it was a trading post, the post leader's daughter rode off on a black horse and never returned. According to the legend, her ghost appears at Fort Laramie every seven years. She wears a long green riding dress and veiled riding hat and carries a jeweled whip, which uh, still atop her black stallion. A jeweled whip. I'm intrigued. I know. <laughs> crops, you know, like yeah. partially crop. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it says, but the lady in green is merely the tip of Fort Laramie's paranormal iceberg. Uh, the captain's quarters reportedly hosts a ghost named George, um, and bright lights flash in its windows, though the building has no electricity. Um, in, old be- in Old Bedlam, the oldest military building in Wyoming, a ghostly officer makes rounds throughout the building, demanding guests be quiet. <laughs> Other apparitions, including a headless man, a bloody surgeon, and even a Civil War soldier prowl the outer grounds. That's pretty uh, crazy. Sorry. I've got something in my eye. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, the next one is uh, Big Nose George becomes a pair of shoes. Uh, okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it says criminal George Parrot, known by a host of aliases, including Big Nose George, is not only infamous for being hanged as an outlaw, but also for what happened to his body afterwards. A member of an outlaw group that robs traveling wagons and shipments, Parrot eventually uh, separated from the group after their trouble began to catch up to them, causing a band of thie- the band of thieves to disperse. Openly bragging of his crimes, including murder, in a Montana bar, led to his capture and returned to Wyoming to stand trial. After a failed prison escape, he was finally killed by an angry vigilante mob of about 200 people. Damn. Um, after his death, doctors Thomas McGee and John Osborne took his body to study his brain and see if he could, or see if he could find the difference between Parrot's criminal brain and a regular brain. <laughs> Where'd they get the regular brain? Is what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, probably from somebody that died. That they just, you know, I'm gonna hope that anyway. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, it says they found nothing and then subjected the body to a series of bizarre atrocities. Um, a death mask was made of his face. And the Osborne skinned his, um... What's a death... Does that mean they... What does that mean? What's a death mask? Like, I'm assuming they just, like, peel remember, You know, those, off. like, those old-timey masks that they used to use to, like, prevent people from, like... I could totally be wrong, and I think it's one of those masks that people use to kind of, like, prevent getting diseases, you know, from, like... Other, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. No. Look up I'm, a death mask, because okay, now I'm I don't know. It. Like, that's the only thing that comes to my mind, but that could just be, like, a plague something or other, or yeah. what, you know. I don't know. Okay. A but, death mask is a likeness, likeness, I don't know if I said that right, of a person's face after death, usually made by taking a cast or impression from the corpse. So, it's like a, it's like a plaster of their face, right? Basically, <laughs> yeah. So, it's not really... Yeah, their face. Like, it's not, like, parts of their body. Yeah, like yeah, a, okay. Yeah, I like thought a, a, they took his skin and, like, made a mask from it. That's hey, what no, I thought, so too. But they made is... an impression of his face. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, a death mask was made of his face, and the Osborne skinned his chest and sent the skin to a tannery with instructions for it to be made into a medicine bag and shoes. <laughs> um, his skull cap was also used as an ashtray, um, and they kept the rest of his dismembered body preserved in a whiskey barrel for over a year while Osborne continued to conduct bizarre experiments on it. 
Um, this was all forgotten until about 18, or, sorry, 1950, when the barrel full of Parrot's bones was discovered buried behind what used to be the doctor's office. Okay, but, like, what happened to those shoes? I feel like I need to know. Like, does someone doesn't have say. those? Are they in a museum? I don't know. It doesn't say. I mean, the medicine bag is weird, too. You think that would make the stuff you keep in the medicine bag not sterile? Well, it's no different than I mean, any other leather, that's right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's just so, but yeah, you know, gross, more my... gross type of leather <laughs> in, yeah. like your mind. But honestly, it would probably be the same, you know, maybe a little thinner than like, I mean, it would be a little thinner than like rawhide type mm-hmm. stuff, you know, or, you know, cow, horse, whatever they use at the time, you know? Yeah. I don't know what happened to those shoes. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the next one, it says the mystery of the Pedro Mountains mummy. Um, it says for centuries, Native Americans believed in a pygmy race of tiny people who would attack them with small weapons. <laughs> uh, <sighs> never heard of that one before. Um, it says these small people were accepted as simple lore until a pair of prospectors found what appeared to be the mummy of a fully grown old man the size of a child. Uh, discovered in 1934 in a cave in the Pedro Mountains about 60 miles from Casper, Wyoming. Uh, the mummy did rounds in local sideshows in a glass bottle before being purchased by a local businessman and being lost forever in 1950. Uh, many people, or sorry, many believed that this mummy proved the existence of a pygmy race in North America for years. Um, most likely, the mummy was a Native American child, and should it ever turn up, the Native American graves and reparate, or Repa- oh my goodness, Repa- repatriation? That's a weird word. I don't think I don't, I've seen I don't know. Yeah. Repatriate. No. I feel Rep- like I've read that word but never heard it spoken. So I repatriation. Sure. Re- repatriation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. like, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> never heard it. Okay. Well, here I go. Here I go. Um, but that act um, would require it to be returned to where it was found. Um, it says, uh, so the next one is the ghostly bride of the Plains Hotel, which I don't know if we've talked about before the Plains Hotel or not, but it I, sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know if it's because we looked it up or we actually talked about it or what. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so hang with us if you, if we've already talked about this. <laughs> um, it says the Old West style Plains Hotel in Cheyenne, Wyoming is allegedly home to the ghost of Rosie, a vengeful bride and her victims. Um, according to legend, Rosie and her groom were on their honeymoon when their new or when her new husband went to the bar for a few drinks. When Rosie came down to fetch him, she saw him heading upstairs with a prostitute. In a jealous rage, Rosie followed them and shot them both with her unfaithful husband's gun, only to then return to the honeymoon suite and commit suicide. Um, all three ghosts have been spotted throughout the hotel ever since. Uh, Rosie appears in a blue dress along the hotel corridors. Uh, while the prostitute wears a red dress with white lace and sticks to the second floor. Uh, Dressed in a black dress coat and white dress shirt, the groom supposedly haunts the fourth floor and basement. Um, Even creepier, laughter and weeping have both been heard coming from their honeymoon suite. Like, I was fine with that whole story until she shot herself. And I was like, man. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, so the next one is the Platte River Ship of Death. Um, it says, since the mid-1800s, a Wyoming legend has spoken of a ghost ship sailing down the Platte River, um, that serves as an omen of death. Known as the Ship of Death, (laughs) 
you know, yeah, it's right. an intriguing name. Yeah. <laughs> Super original. Um, it is said to appear when mist begins to appear on the river, forming an impenetrable bank of fog. Um, out of this fog sails the gray and dilapidated ghostly ship of death, manned by a phantom crew. When you see this ship, on its deck will be the body of someone you know who will perish, perish soon after. Ooh, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah, I like, like that story. Wow. Here's the next person to go. You know, like Ooh, I I like that one. That's a good yeah. one. It kind of okay. reminds me of that um oh that episode where they have the ship. Um, yeah, I don't remember the name of that with Bella. Yeah, Bella was in that episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't. It was remember like that the one. some sort of sailor or something. Yeah, I yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So it says the first ever sighting of this omen of death occurred in 1826 uh, to a trapper named Leon Weber. Um, on the top deck, he viewed the body of his fiance laying on a piling um, on the deck. That same day, she passed away. Over the course of 40 years, two other sightings of, of the spectral ship occurred, each where the onlooker saw a loved one on the deck who died shortly thereafter. Oh, that's so creepy. Wow. Uh, so the next one <laughs> is the jackalope. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it says, to this day, no one knows whether jackalopes are a hoax started by a Wyoming resident in the 30s or a real animal. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, like, I did read this whore, ho- this whore? No, I read this whole <laughs> article before, you know, you started this, recording this, and um, I was like, Wait, jackalopes aren't real? <laughs> I thought I've, that was a real thing. Yeah, I really did. I didn't know that was debatable. I've heard about jackalopes, but I always kind of assumed that it was like a chupacabra sort of situation. Yeah, no, you know? I thought that was like a thing. So oh. like, yeah, I don't know where I got that idea, but like that's just always been <laughs> in my brain. Like, I don't yeah. know. Unicorns yeah. aren't real. Jackalopes aren't real. You know? Huh. Yeah. Okay. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Continue no, on. <laughs> um, okay, so some say the jackalope is an extinct antlered species of incredibly rare rabbit, um, a cross between a pygmy deer and a type of killer rabbit. <laughs> uh, those who have seen them claim the animals are brown, weigh three to five pounds, and can move at up to 90 miles an hour. See, oh. that part seems a little unrealistic. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> I don't think a cheetah gets that fast. I don't either. Yeah. Like, they're clearly a supernatural creature if they can get that fast and be that yeah. small. You know how yeah. many times their little legs would have to go? <laughs> like, oh, that's like, so cute. Like, they have to go to miles an hour. They like, sound adorable. Yeah. It says, allegedly, they are vicious when confronted and can perfectly mimic human sounds. Uh, creepy. Uh, yeah. It says this combined with their speed makes them impossible to catch. Well, yeah. um, sightings of these creatures occur all over the West, mostly in Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, and New Mexico, um, though claims of horned rabbits date all the way back to the 16th century Europe. Um, the Wyoming jackalope came to be after a taxidermist, Douglas Herrick, fused a dead rabbit to a pair of antlers in his shop. <laughs> okay. As a result, the jackalope became a popular seller, leading to Douglas, Wyoming, um, leading to Douglas, Wyoming, to declare itself the jackalope capital of the world. That was hard to spit out. <laughs> um, so the legends of Devil's Tower. I've been to Devil's Tower before. Kind of cool. Ah, okay. Um, 
It says, a natural wonder in Wyoming, the Devil's Tower stands 1,267 feet high, um, made of granite with grooves along its sides. Uh, no one can agree exactly on how this strange rock took its shape, with theories ranging from a dormant volcano to a lacolith, um, a massive underground uh, igneous rock that pushes the land above it upwards. Um, even the Native American legends vary from tribe to tribe, but most of them detail children being attacked by bears in the area. I don't understand how that's a connection, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Like, why? Bear, maybe it's, you know, bear country. I don't know. I mean, it's it's Wyoming, so it's very Yeah, Wyoming. okay. All right. Um, but I don't know how that has anything to do with the rock, so whatever. Um, it says, while at play, the girls came across a group of gigantic bear. Oh, here we go. So we're going to get into that. Um, it says, while at play, the girls came across a group of gigantic bears who chased them to the base of the devil's tower. Surrounded on all sides by predators, the young woman began to pray, entreating the great spirit to save them. Uh, when the spirit heard their prayers, the ground began to rise upwards, causing the bears to slide down the sides, their claws leaving indentations in the stone. The tower eventually reached the sky, and the girls became stars. The constellation, oh, I'm going to say this wrong, Pleiades? Pleiades. Pleiades? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes, I do know that. <laughs> um, so the next one is a library. Okay, wait, I got questions about yes. girls becoming stars real quick. Uh, <laughs> so they were huddled together in like a circle-ish praying and the bears are surrounding them. They pray and they're whoever they're praying to raises them up. Yeah, raises the ground up and pushes them up. And they're on that ground and then they become stars. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're pushed up into the into the stars. I was like, wait, like how'd they get into the air? I just wasn't I wasn't sure about their their prayer placement. But I got it. We're good. And then all like the grooves in it are supposedly the, the bear, bear claws, claws that kind of, yeah. you know, they scrape their way down. I feel like that just isn't what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but you know, like. I mean, I, yeah. Whatever, okay. you know. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> we got no other. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm all for escaping bear attacks, so you do what I you gotta do. I'm like, bears can be pretty vicious, so. Yeah. okay um so the next one is the library built over a cemetery um it says sweetwater county library was built on ground that previously had been the site of the green river wyoming city cemetery um when the cemetery was initially moved it was thought that all of the remains were relocated but over the last century construction projects revealed even more remains on the property several times uh, remains discovered in 1983 during landscaping even scared locals into believing that they were infected with smallpox and would reintroduce it into the town. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, within the library, strange noises can be heard, objects are moved, and electronics are known to turn on and off by themselves. Uh, one librarian claimed to turn away from her computer only to look back to find her name spelled out on the screen. Oh, fuck um, no. Nope. That's not think- cool. Nope. Um, it says the high volume of supernatural events led to this library's ghost log where visitors can relay their experiences. While in 2006, they also introduced a ghost walk. So people like every time they have an experience can go and like write in the book and be like, this is what just happened to me. That's awesome. I like that. Also, don't build shit on old cemeteries, even if you've moved that cemetery. Yeah. Like, Like, I'm sure there's a reason the cemetery needed to be moved, but like, don't 
No. Like that I've is, never heard of cemeteries being moved. I've heard I of mean, them being like expanded, but Yeah, I mean the only I can only think of like reasons of like, I don't know, severe flooding, you know, like where the graves might pop up out of the ground. Like isn't that like a that's like a thing that can happen, like right? Haven't you heard of that? It's not like a a Louisiana thing? I have no idea. I've okay. never heard of that. I, that might have come out of like a vampire movie. And I'm sorry if you live there. <laughs> I just made that shit up. But like, that's in no my brain what happens. So, um, I mean, I could see if they're like supposedly airtight, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, I guess if there's enough water, they could, you know, pop up. I think that's an actual city. thing. Yeah, I, I, I truly. Know. But, like, if that happens on that ground, like, why are you going to build a building on it? Yeah. You know? So that doesn't make sense. I wonder why they moved the cemetery in the first place. But, yeah, don't build shit on old cemeteries or old no. cemetery grounds. Like, no. Haven't you no. ever seen any movie ever? That's yeah, how yeah. that's always how it starts. Yep. You leave that shit alone. You messing with stuff you shouldn't be messing with. Also, I want to go there and, like... <laughs> Do one of those tours, because that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so the next one is the Wyoming Frontier Prison. Um, it says, Wyoming's Frontier Prison is a hot spot for paranormal investigators due to the huge number of spirits which populate it. Um, during its 80-year run, uh, the prison housed more than 13,500 inmates. Um, the prison held a gas chamber where numerous inmates died and was known for its housing the state's most sadistic and violent criminals. Uh, the youngest and most recent inmate to die in the prison's gas chambers was Andrew Pixley, um, a child serial killer and cannibal who was executed in the 60s. Oh, I wonder how old he was. I don't know. Um, it says, after closing in 1981, the prison became a museum and tourist attraction known for paranormal activity. Um, over the years, Pixley's spirit has been recorded speaking during EVP sessions, along with dozens of others. Um, in addition to their voices, many inmate spirits appear to visitors who can also claim to feel cold spots and heavy pressure within its walls. Ugh. Ugh. Yep. I'm all for visiting, like, paranormal spots, but I think I would have a really hard time visiting, like, an old prison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even, like, an old, like, you know, like, insane you know that that's institution where, like, or whatever those are called. The yeah. awful people end up. Exactly. I mean, like, okay, not that everybody that's in prison is awful, like... I'm not saying that, but like, but like, there's they are, a lot of awful people that end up in prisons, you know, like, and they are and treated awful no, as never. well. Like, and what? I mean, yeah, sure, they're awful to get in there, but like, the conditions often that they had to like live through in that yeah. place are horrible as well. So, like, yeah. just like that combo, I think, just of like suffering, like, ugh, I yeah, I don't want to be yeah. in that. Yeah. You get like the crazy people then are then that are also suffering, you know? Like, exactly. Not yeah. a good combination. A, yeah, yeah. Um, so the next one is the ghost of the Occidental Hotel, which I feel like we also might have talked about, but again, can't, we were talking about this earlier and I feel like we've like maybe we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but again, if you've heard this one, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Also like I'm pretty sure that's a street in Seattle, and that might be why that sounds familiar to me. <laughs> so, or me, you know, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, so, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no idea. Um, so it says the Grand Old Occidental Hotel um, stands as one of the most haunted places in Wyoming and has housed a number of famous guests, including Butch Cassidy and a Sundance Kid, um, Buffalo Bill Cody, and even Teddy Roosevelt. 
Um, this quintessentially Western hotel got struck hard by the Great Depression and finally returned to its former glory after years of struggle. Um, its ghosts are also more active than ever. According to the legend, a prostitute lived on the upper floor of the hotel during the 1800s. Um, her young daughter died of cholera in the northwestern wing, um, and to this day, the little girl's ghost plays with unsuspecting guests. Um, described as a small figure with long, dark hair and a white dress, she's known to shake guests awake in the middle of the night and throw objects across rooms. <laughs> I'm laughing at the shaking guests awake. I just think that's hilarious. Like, Hello! Yeah, <laughs> like, just like in the way a little kid will be like, wake up! I'm awake! I'm awake! Yeah. Awake with me. I'm awake! So I'm awake! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going uh, on. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, this next one is, it's G-E-B-O, so Gebo, Gebo, I'm going to yeah. go Gebo, maybe. Okay. Um, it says, it's the ghost town everybody avoids. <laughs> it says, while many ghost towns across the U.S. serve as fun tourist attractions, um, Gebo, Wyoming, is not one of those towns. Um, a desolate Wyoming town, ghost town located in the northern central part of the state, um, it was a booming mining town full of life in the 30s with a population of over 20,000 people. After most of the town was bulldozed in 1971, all that remains today are a few crumbling buildings and a cemetery full of infants and children. Why? Um, they, Why? It just must have just been like a child cemetery, you know, that that's all that's left, you know. Okay. I know uh, that was a thing. Well, they usually have, like, I mean, I shouldn't say usually. From what I know of it, like, usually they're... I get, I keep saying usually, but That's okay. it sounds like I know what you mean. in cemeteries, there's like, there can be like, you know, the, the normal adult section, you know, and then like a child's area, you know, the kid, like the kitty table, the kitty table. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry if that happened. <laughs> but yeah, like there'll be like an area that like, this is like, where the children and kids and stuff, babies are, and then there'll be, like, you know, and a, like, the rest of the area where, like, it's mostly, like, adults and stuff, you wow, know? I had no idea cemeteries did that, honestly. The only but- reason I, I know this, and, like, I know it's specifically true for one cemetery around here, because I have a friend who does have a child that is, I have a couple of friends, actually, from high school that have children that have passed away that have, like, um... They're in like sections of the cemetery that are oh, wow. just, like child related, you know. Okay, so probably everyone in the world knows about this except for me. Well, I mean, so. I don't know if that's like a normal thing or if that's just like huh. maybe there's a couple of cemeteries that have those like special areas set aside and that's where they decided to go. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, interesting. But. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if it's the same cemetery. Maybe they're both in the same one. Like, I don't know. And yeah, like, I don't know. You know. But I do know that, like, there are at least a couple of, you know, places in theory that have that. So. Okay. Interesting. Um, but, yeah. So okay. maybe it's just a whole cemetery for that. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, maybe that's just the only part of it that survived that uh, they mm-hmm. didn't tear down because they were like, we can tear down the adults, but probably shouldn't do the yeah I you know, like, yeah i would have I, a hard time with that too no i feel really bad about my kitty table comment i'm sorry <laughs> no you're not you didn't we've talked about dead children for too long and now i feel horrible okay <laughs> you didn't mean it that way <laughs> okay <laughs> um where am i here 
Oh, okay. So it says, um, they say that the only sign of life in Gebo is in the cemetery where you can hear the eerie far off cries of one of the babies who died there almost a hundred years ago. Aww. Um, and those are our, you know, fleshy <laughs> parts of Wyoming. So. Okay. Well, yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. I mean, we can go to Wyoming, but let's not go to the. Hey, like, I might move to Wyoming at some point, so. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not for nothing, not a huge fan of Washington, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love Washington. I'm good with Washington. I'd also live in Rhode Island. I love Rhode yeah. Island, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I haven't like, been to enough other places to be like, I would definitely live here, you know? So, yeah. I'm not sure. For me, it's mostly, like, there's too many people. It's really hard, because, like, I have horses right like it's hard Mm -hmm. to have horses around here because there's just not like there there is things you know for them or whatever but like it's just it's hard you know like there's not a whole lot compared to like a place like wyoming or even like eastern washington you know Mm -hmm. um but like i hate the weather here i hate 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 the weather here (laughs) like oh yeah i'm not I am not a rain person. Like, I've been around rain my whole life, and I'm over it. You know, like, it's just depressing. You know, like, mm-hmm. I love snow. I love hot weather. I love, like, I like to have seasons. And, like, you know, so we're thinking, like, you know, Wyoming or Montana in the next, like, five to ten years. You know, like, mm-hmm. probably no time, you know, soon. But still, mm-hmm. you know, like, places yeah. where there's space that you can go and actually, like, have some land and have it not be super expensive and like, you know, have your own little place where you can kind of be close to town, but like also be away from people mm-hmm. and like have seasons that are like, okay, we have snow, we have hot weather, we have like spring and fall that like seemingly are like what they're supposed to be, you know? So, mm-hmm. but I feel, well, I don't have animals, so I could see how, you know, you would want your the space for all that. I get it. But like, I also like, I grew up on a, a road where, well, still in just like the suburbs, you know, yeah. but it was more like an unincorporated area, you know. Yeah. Um, but like this road I lived on was like long and, you know, woods and the neighbors were not close, you know, so, yeah. and that like was not comforting for me. You know what I mean? But yeah. like as a kid growing up, like that was just kind of like scary. Like how many yeah. against my neighbors? You know what I mean? There wasn't mm-hmm. internet when I was a yeah. kid, right? To like, yeah. you know, so, so I now enjoy being in like a neighborhood style thing, you know, having mm-hmm. a little bit more like, you know, land would be great, but still like, mm-hmm. I still want to like be in a neighborhood, you know? Yeah. And then like for the weather part of it, like, I like okay sunshine, that's nice. But like, <laughs> I don't want it to be like I'm. I'm like unhappy if it's more than like seventy two degrees outside. I'm just like that's my limit, and then I'm just yeah. like sweaty and grumpy and like waddling to avoid the crotch sweat and like it's just, you know, it's just not. I don't. I don't thrive above yeah. seventy two really. See, but the thing so. is, is like here the heat is different than most other places. Like it's a dry heat when you go even to eastern Washington where so it's I like do, yeah. it feels completely different, you know, we're like here because we're so like we've got the mountains and then we've got the water. So we're kind of just in this like humid little like uh, area. Like yeah. is it really pretty during the summer here? Sure, because we do have so much water that like everything gets very green and all that sort of stuff. Which like mm-hmm. that's fine. Like I don't I don't hate Washington during, you know, the nicer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like, 
Yeah, like like the mm-hmm. desert. I do feel like every time I've gone to like deserty areas, like I remember like getting off the airplane, getting out into like like Palm Springs area and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I always just like feel so like like oh this is like amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I I always have that thought every time. Like I feel like instantly just like amazing. So I get what yeah. you're saying about that. But yeah. like also like in terms of like the rain, like I don't really want to be out in the rain now that i have yeah. a child it's unavoidable and that's yeah <laughs> the rain is annoying in that way but like um but like as far as like being indoors and it raining <laughs> outdoors um mm-hmm. like i i love that i love the sound of the rain on the roof like it's i love the this is just the the horror fan in me i love <laughs> i love the doom and gloom i do yeah it's, it's spooky it's it makes you want to cuddle up with, you know, your lover boy and, you know, it's romantic. It's, I just, I like the whole, like the whole vibe of that, you know? See, and like for I would me, be happy if it snowed more often where we live, that would be cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, like with the rain, I have to go outside multiple times a day, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't avoid that. I have to feed my animals, you know? Yeah, and yeah. like, then they're outside in the rain and they're getting all gross. So it's like, okay, yeah. do I put a rain sheet on? Do I not? Like, yeah, is it too warm? That. Like, are they going to get rain rot if I don't do this? Well, but then they're going to overheat if I put this on them. You know, like, it's just, yeah. like, it's just a pain. And, like, there's so much mud that, like, I mean, nine months out of the year, I can't really do anything with my horses unless I, you know, blanket them to, like, keep them dry and then trailer them somewhere else where there's a roof and, like, I have to go and pay to do that, you know, like. Yeah. You know, it's just not in the mud that's everywhere year round, mm-hmm. pretty much other than during the summer. Like, it's just like gross. Like the horses are constantly in mud, like mm-hmm. off in certain areas. Like they're not like our whole pasture isn't mud or anything, but like right, around yeah. where their stalls are, like that's where they go in and out of the most. So that's where their feet have beaten it up the most. And like, mm-hmm. it's muddy out there. Like I have yeah. to wear my muck boots and I think, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. know. Like, when I come over, I bring Killian. I'm like, we're. Bring the rain boots, like, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. yeah. Bring, bring your extra clothes and bring your rain yeah. boots and yep. hose yeah. you down. Yep. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, you know, like, it's just not. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's everything about it makes life so difficult, you know, like with animals. Like, yeah, for sure. You're, like, and it's expensive to try and, like, put in footing that, like, won't be, you know, which we're going to have to do, you know, but, like, yeah. It's just, the whole thing is a logistical nightmare, so, like, I, I kind of hate it. And because I have to be outside, you know, and then I feel bad for, like, not doing anything with them for X amount of time because I can't because it's gross and, like, they're not getting exercise, so they're just, like, standing around and, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. summers aren't bad. I don't mind the summers, but, mm-hmm. like, the other nine months out of the year, I just can't. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I get it, yeah. But anyway, um, so what was your edge or asset moment from this week? Okay, hold on. I have a list in front of me, and the one I am going with is this one. <laughs> this is episode nine, right? Yes. No, I, was like, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I wrote them down, and I have no idea what we're doing. Okay, so this is a pretty short one and annoying, uh, kind of. I was in um, Walgreens with... Eric, while uh, Killian was at school one day, and Eric was buying whatever. He was at the, the you know, the register getting checked out, and there was a, a 
almost elderly lady, you know, she mm-hmm. was, you know, five feet behind him, you know, social distancing, you know, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that Walgreens still has like the, you know, spots on the floor, like you stand here for social distancing, you know, so. I think most places still do because they just yeah. haven't like, picked them up yet, you know. <laughs> Fine. I mean, I don't care. But so yeah. she was. So there was this distance between Eric and this woman, and I was kind of, you know, since Eric was doing all the the chatting to the cashier and paying and stuff, I was kind of like just wandering around the the area, looking at like the you know the little stuffed animals that are around. Like, oh, maybe Killian wants this. I'm just whatever. I'm wandering around mm-hmm. looking at shit, but like still close to Eric and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric is almost done, so I you know I go over and I'm not like. Standing like right next to him, but I am mm-hmm. standing between him and this this woman, mm-hmm. and um, she goes, "Excuse me," and I look at her, and she goes, "I'm here," and I was like, I realize, of course, instantly she thinks I'm cutting in line, you know, yeah. and like it's fine to do that to someone who is cutting in line, you know? Yeah. So, okay. But I just like put my hand on Eric's shoulder and I was like, Oh, I'm with him, you know? And I kind of smiled and then turned away from her because like, I was really annoyed. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I don't know why I took it so personally that like she thought I was cutting, but like I did, like, I am not a cutter. (laughs) I'm a firm believer. It's like somebody saying, Oh, you're doing something wrong, even though you're not doing anything wrong, you know? But, like, at the same time, like, if someone is cutting, yeah, call them out on it. You don't even need to be nice about it, really. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's fine. Like, so I'm not saying that she was in the wrong, you know, for standing up for her place in line, you know, of course. But, like, it was just, like, also, like, the shock on her face when she realized I was was with Eric was a little weird. Like, why are you so surprised that I'm, what? <laughs> yeah, I was just okay. like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, that was so surprising. Like, okay. You know, whatever. It was, it was a little yeah. weird, but like, I'm probably just reading into it because I was like, you know, feeling defensive, you know? See, like, I've been in that situation a couple of times, kind of, where people like think I'm cutting when I'm just like going to stand next to a friend or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, if they do say something, which they, I don't know, like, it's kind of sort of like people have been like, um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like, this is my, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and usually they're kind of okay about it. But even then, like, sometimes people are just like, they're like, I don't care. And it's like, I'm not buying anything. I'm standing next to them. So like, I have to be standing next to them the whole time to then stand next to them later. You know, like, (laughs) I know it's such a weird, it's such a weird kind of thing. Because like, I'm going to get annoyed that you think that I'm cutting. Like, that offends me, you know? Yeah. But also, like, if someone's coming or cutting, it's, like, okay to be, like, hey, bitch, don't cut in front of me. So, like. See, like, to me, when I, like, I've had people kind of cut in front of me before, and I'm, like, usually what I'll do is I'll say, like, hey, like, I'm in line, you know? Yeah. And then they'll, like, and I'm not going to, like, you know, like, what are you doing? And be, like, snarky about it. But I'll just be, like, hey, like, I'm in line, like. Mm-hmm. You know, then they're, sometimes they're like, and most of the time, I guess I should say, when it has happened, they'll be like, oh, okay, sorry, and like get behind you. But, and you could tell some of it is just like, I, they were trying to see if they could get away with it and just cut yeah. in line without saying anything. And then they're like, oh, oh, sorry, I didn't know. And they're kind of like, mm-hmm. Ugh, you know, and it's like, okay, well. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I just like, you know? <laughs> yeah, like both sides of it, I can completely see being yeah. just like, rah, rah, rah about it. And I don't know yeah. how, you know, to like, politely i mean i was polite to her i was like oh i'm with him you know and yeah. then i just you know yeah was like why are you making that 
bewildered face at me. <laughs> like, why, she why? really, why, she really wanted me to be cutting. You know, like yeah. she kind of was like she wanted something to be mad at. at is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah. whatever. But anyway, that was my moment. I'm not really sure like who was the ass, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but I yeah. mean, she kind of was. Well, yeah, honestly, that's never happened to me before. That was like the first time, and now I kind of want to like try it again and yeah. <laughs> see like what happens but yeah yeah <laughs> um, anyway what was your age of moment <laughs> so mine has been kind of a continuous thing for the last couple of weeks or so like oh my god every animal in my house <laughs> i shouldn't say every two out of the three animals in my house right now are so itchy it is driving me up the wall and like both travis and i are having a hard time getting good night sleeps because like okay Maisie is itchy, and she'll sit there and, like, we need to get her a bigger kennel, right, because she's now outgrown the one that she's in. Like, she still fits in it, but it's just not, like, it's not, like, uncomfortable, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents are bringing us one of their big dog kennels that they don't use anymore, so we're going to cha- oh, give nice. her a, you know, <laughs> an upgrade, you know, this weekend. Huh. But, um, because those suckers are expensive, and they're like, we don't use this, just take it. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Um, cool. But, like... She sits there and clamors around in her cage all night long, and she pace like she doesn't pace, but she'll like get up to move positions, and then like she just is dramatic about everything, so she'll like flop over and like hit the edge of her kennel, and it's like thunk, you know, or like mm-hmm. she'll fall asleep and start running in her sleep, and so she'll be like you know scratching all over you know the kennel, or like you know just like panting because it's too warm or, you know, sitting there and she'll like start itching and like thunk, 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 oh, thunk yeah. in the middle of the night or like, you know, it's just like a, it's a whole thing. Like she just like, she sleeps well and like hard for like a few hours, but then once like three o'clock hits ish and on, she's just like constantly, like she's sleeping, but she's like constantly moving around. Right. And it's just like, yeah. shut up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and so we've had a lot of those nights with her, but then also Steve is, as far as I can tell, allergic to dust, right? Oh, so yeah. Baths, I've given him flea treatments that have, like, you know, heartworm, ringworm, all these different, like, treatments in mixed with the flea medicine to, like, see if it's something like that, you know, like, nothing mm. makes a difference. Like, <laughs> like mm. the bath kind of helps because it gets whatever's on him off, right? So it helps yeah. for, like, a of days and then he goes back to like ripping his hair out again like so he looks really funky right now because he's got bald patches literally everywhere like big bald patches and like hives all over his body that like i can't do anything about like cats don't have like you can't give a cat benadryl like you can give a dog benadryl you know like there's no like like, antihistamine at all for cats they don't um, what i've been told they don't process it in the same way that like a dog or something would. So you can't give it to them. Like yeah. they don't like, I don't know if it was because it would be like toxic to them or they just, they just wouldn't do anything or what, you know? Yeah. Um, Is there like a, a way to like do like a allergy test with like, just like from their like blood or, you know what I mean? I mean, I know they do that with dogs. I would assume they probably do it with cats. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure. I do need to, like, I tried to call in the other day to see, like, what I can do, and I couldn't get through because they were busy, I guess. But yeah. um, so I'm going to try and call again sometime soon. Um, but, yeah, like, Steve, ser- seriously, like, all night long is licking and scratching. And it, oh, and he has to sit or he has to lay right next to me to do it, right? So, like, he keeps me up. He keeps Travis up. He sits there. Yeah. 
all night long, like all night long. He's like 24-7 doing it, you know? So, like, during the day, it's not as noticeable because it's not as loud because there's other stuff going on. Yeah. But, like, either that or he's, like, itching, which is even louder, you know? And it's just, like, mm-hmm. between the animals. <laughs> I don't know if Maisie has any allergies or if she, her skin's just kind of dry or what it is, you know? Like, But mm-hmm. she's not, like, she's got no hives. She's not, you know, there's nothing seemingly wrong with her other than she's just itchy, you know? Yeah. Which could be that she just needs some, like, oil put into her food or something to, like, help with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she's just kind of dry <laughs> um oh, but yeah guys. like so it's been a lot of weeks of like not very much sleep lately do you think the like earplugs would block that out or do you oh. think they would like overpower the earplugs with their noise um Maisie probably Steve it probably would Maisie like I don't know Maybe uh, once you get the bigger kennel, she won't be banging on it so I think, much. Yeah, yeah, I think with the bigger kennel, it'll probably get better. Like, you'll probably still hear her itching and stuff, but she's not going to be, like, hitting the edges of the kennel or, like, mm-hmm. you know, because she likes to, like, sleep right against an edge, you know? Mm-hmm. So she'll, like, push herself into a corner of it or against a side of it, and then, like, when she itches, she just, like, thumps everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. a whole thing. So, yeah, like, my animals kind of been ass butts lately as far as sleep goes. I mean, I know it's not their fault, but like... Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so hard like, you are not getting enough sleep. all of my sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, oh, here and there. It's like constantly like somebody's doing something all night long. So like, I've discovered, at least with Steve, if you put a hand outside of the blankets or something, he will like stop licking and stuff because he wants attention more than he wants to itch right so he'll go and like you can put an arm out or a hand out or something like that and he'll just go and lay on your arm and like curl up with it and fall asleep and so he will like that can kind of tone him down but then you have to sleep in weird positions all night long with one arm out of the blankets because like that's the only way to keep him quiet which isn't comfortable either (laughs) also i just want to say that you sleep completely covered with like your nose out and that's it (laughs) <laughs> so, like, having my head and arm and, like, half of my upper body out is not okay, you know? <laughs> it's weird, you know? And, like, I've kind of sort of gotten used to it, but, like, it's just not right, you know? Like, I know. At least she, like, keeps your arm warm, right? <laughs> yeah. But what about, like, doing that, but, like, having, like, a light sheet maybe over your arm and, like, I'll let Steve accept his head? Would he well, be cool with that? Is, I can't, like pull that up because I've got my arm up and because I sleep on my stomach right so like oh, yeah. I've got my arm up and over the sheets to try and like have him have an arm to lay on so like I it's like tucked against me so there would be got no way to like you know do Travis that. would have to like situate you guys and he's asleep long before you are right so usually yeah he's yeah. <laughs> like five seconds and yeah I'm not like I can fall asleep pretty quick but dang yeah <laughs> Oh, that's so hard when you guys can't get enough sleep. I know. And I feel super awful that your animals are so miserable, too. I know. That's like, I can deal with the sleep thing, but Mm -hmm. it's just a constant, like, and because I have ADD, like, right, I can't, like, my brain focuses on everything. So, like, it's not that it's like, oh, like, especially if, like, I'm in a classroom, like, I hear the person shuffling the papers over here. I hear the person picking, kicking, the, or blah, 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 clicking the pen over here. And I hear, like, 
there's too many things going, like, it's too much stimulation. Yeah. Like, at nighttime, when you've got the dog doing her thing, the cat doing his thing, and, like, you know, Travis is a, he's, like, a sleep traveler. He goes everywhere. So, like, you know, it's, like, I just get to sleep, and everybody's kind of quiet, and then he'll, like, turn over and try and, like, pull all the blankets away or something, and I'm just, like, ah! Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you know. It's fine. Like, it'll be fine, and especially, hopefully, once the kennel situation gets changed out, it'll be a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I've got a, I know, like, I've taken, so Steve has gotten um, cortisone shots before, okay. which does help for a couple of months, but, like, I can't, not, I mean, it's, I don't think it was that expensive. It was, like, 30, 40 bucks, you know, so it's not mm-hmm. like that's a big deal, but, like, he can't be on cortisone 24-7, 365. Like, I no, can't. No, that's like, not safe, right? In every couple months for the rest of his life to keep him from itching, you know? Like, right. And I think it is dust, so I'm hoping that once we get, because, I mean, like, so the house that we're in right now, like, we bought it, like, a year ago now. Um, Well, we, <laughs> I say we, Travis, mm-hmm. <laughs> bought it, like, a year ago now. And, like, okay, like, it's a cool place, and I'm glad we're here. There is a lot of stuff that needs to be updated. Like, our carpets are, like, 30 years old because Grandpa never replaced the carpets once he put them in. And mm-hmm. so, like, we can vacuum and like you just like go over the carpets one time and you get a whole like there's dog hair, cat hair, all that sort of stuff. And like so much dust. Okay. So much. And like you can just keep vacuuming and the container will just keep filling up like there's no ending to it, you know. I see. Yeah. And so I think that's a good portion of it is because he is allergic to dust, I think is what it is. Like mm-hmm. he just is itchy all the time because there's constantly dust everywhere, you know, and like we can dust and like two days later, the the cabinets and the, you know, like our TV stand and all that are like covered in thick dust again. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I'm hoping that once we get the carpets replaced this summer, because we didn't want to replace them until after, you know, Maisie stops peeing and pooping everywhere. Oh, sure. Right. That makes sense. Close at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's no point in like putting in brand new carpets and then having a puppy peeing and stuff all over them. So. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Hopefully once that gets changed out, that will help a lot too, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, it's a thing <laughs> currently. That sounds miserable for everybody. I'm sorry. Oh, it, I mean like it, it just is what it is right now, but yeah. hopefully it'll all get sorted within the next like couple months or so with the cat. And then, you know, soon, Sooner than that with the dog, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgetsandaspetspodcast at gmail dot com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgets and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idget and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.